1: What's going on, everybody? Paddle and Finn has got a meetup going down October 16th through 18th at Eastport Marina and Resort in Alpine, Tennessee, which which falls right on Dale Hollow. What we're going to be doing is just hanging out, fishing. uh Depending on the number of people that show up and the interest, we may do a small tournament. Uh, we will have some stuff to give away Saturday evening. We're going to do a hangout and a little little barbecue action. We'll have food for everybody. If you're looking for lodging, you could stay right at the resort. It's $50 per person per night. Um, And what you get is your own personal bedroom on a houseboat, luxury houseboat, courtesy Eastport Marina. That's a special price they gave us to lend to our listeners. If you want uh, more info on the resort, you can go to eastport.info and uh, their website will pop up there. You'll see all the houseboats and things like that. A majority of our hosts are going to be there, and we would love to spend some time on the water with you.
2: This segment is brought to you by Jigmaster Jigs. When in doubt, get the jig out. Go to jigmasters.com and use promo code PNF20 and save 20% off your next jig order today.
0: You're listening to Bad Swish and the add and Fan Podcast with your hosts, Ryan Milford and Sean Lambert.
2: Welcome back, everyone, to the Bass Fishing for Noobs segment on the Paddle and Fin Podcast. I'm your host, Sean. And with me, as always, my co-host, Ryan. What's up, everybody? Hey, and we got a special guest tonight. Uh, we have Ethan Duvetter, who is the host of the Online Outdoorsman YouTube channel. Welcome, yes, Ethan, sir. to Paddle and Fin. Thanks, Sean,
3: Ryan. I appreciate you uh, letting me be here. I'm looking forward to chatting fishing.
2: Um, I've been a big fan of his uh, YouTube channel for a long time. Uh I am a proud member of Team Dink. We'll talk a little bit about that, uh, but uh, <laughs> um, Ethan, why don't you go ahead and introduce yourself? Um, tell us how you got into fishing and um, how you got into kayak fishing?
3: Yes, sir. Well, I am uh, currently living in Michigan, but I grew up in Kansas. Uh, i'm twenty seven years old now, so I've been fishing for about eleven years, seriously. Basically, I got into fishing, you know, living in Kansas, there's obviously not much water, Um, but my friends, a lot of my friends lived out in the country and so they had farm ponds and whatnot. And when we all started driving and kind of got our driver's license and whatnot, we, uh, I just started going out with them and fishing. I didn't know what the heck I was doing. And they kind of, you know, put me on a rooster tail and a beetle spin, all that stuff. And, You know, one thing led to another, and all of a sudden, I started finding myself on the internet, Bassmaster Magazine and all that, trying to learn everything about fishing. I kind of got into it on my own, but it was my friends who kind of sparked that initial interest.
2: Okay. And I know from your channel, you've done all sorts of different kind of fishing. What led you to try kayak fishing? So... You know,
3: I guess I, I'll try not to be too long-winded here. Um, I got really we got, we got
2: lots of time. So. <laughs>
3: <laughs> Good deal. Well, I got so heavy into bass fishing and I was bank fishing, bank fishing, and I just got to the point where it's like, okay, you can only fish in the water so much. And like I said, Kansas is very limited in water. So I then got to the point where I wanted a John boat. Well, I got a John boat. I bought it with a friend. We had all sorts of issues with that thing, but it allowed me to get on the water. I caught a bunch of fish, and it. Mowed me. took the next step. I got a bass boat and I was in college. I was doing all the tournaments and whatnot. I, I fished uh, at the collegiate level with Kansas state university, you know, did well in a lot of tournaments, got to travel around the country. Super cool. Well, after all that, you know, the boat was as all boats have, they, that one also had issues. I definitely cut my losses on that, sold it. I got a job and had to move to California and I'm like, well, I got to be able to get on the water so, I actually got into a feel free lure 11 and a half at that point, And I kind of I didn't really fish out of it a ton to start. But then eventually I kind of just caught the bug. And then I started fishing out of it like every week, multiple times a week, and haven't looked back since. Now I fish out of a couple of different native kayaks. But I um, mean, they're, they're great. I, I love my current setup. And I'll talk about that later, I suppose. But uh,
2: yeah. <laughs> awesome. So I noticed I, I uh, you recently switched to pedal drive, um, mm-hmm. and um, as uh, a, both of us did too. So uh, um, what uh, prompted that change? Just covering more water, or I know you kept both because you like to be able to. I think I remember you talking about liking to be able to just go have a throw and boat or throw and go boat. But uh...
3: yeah, um, so I think you know originally I had that that feel free, and I, I kind of learned with that kayaking. I'm not going to say anything bad about it. It's just that I learned what my style was. And I I like lighter kayaks. I like being able to put it on the roof real quick. Usually I'm only fishing two to four hours. I don't get the luxury of fishing eight-hour days very often. I I wish, but I don't. (laughs) Um, So I like something light, easy to transport. And then once I get on the water, I want to be able to cover water quick. So I got into the native Manta Ray 12 XT, which I currently still have. And that's much lighter. It's like 60-something pounds. So You know, I can, I can move water. I can throw it up and off my roof real quick. And then I was just to the point where it's like, okay, this wind, I feel like there's always wind. And uh, I'm tired of having to paddle position cast nose gets pointed the other direction, you know, and because I'm using a lighter kayak, the wind does affect me quite a bit. So I was like, you know what, I got to get into the pedal drive. And then I actually got the main, the Manta propel, which is a very much a budget pedal drive kayak but one thing that really drew me to it is again, it's extremely lightweight, it's extremely fast, and it checks all the boxes for me. Um, I don't need like a ton of space, and I don't need crazy stability. So for me, it's like the perfect kayak.
0: Yeah, I actually looked into that kayak whenever I was shopping for my pedal drive. It looked yeah. like a pretty good kayak uh, for me. Being a bigger guy, I'd say mm-hmm. stability and space is big factor because I'm like I'm six foot and like. 260 265 something like that so so yeah i might have been a little cramped in there but uh before i ever got a chance to check it out i ended up getting a Byte fd a jackson and nice i definitely got the space in it
3: yeah that's that's a bigger build yeah that's yeah I, I think in an ideal world someday maybe i'll i'll step it up to like a titan or something but or you know whatever but that's definitely
0: not a light boat
3: (laughs) that's the thing is like i'm gonna need a truck i'm gonna need potentially a trailer i i mean i just don't have that setup yet you know you gotta you gotta really make your current setup work and that's one of my biggest like things that i preach when i do make videos and stuff is you have to really think about all these different factors before just buying a kayak like if you don't think about them you're gonna find yourself in a kayak that you don't really like And that's where i kind of was when i first got into it so now i think i've got the perfect one for me
0: <laughs> here a couple of weeks ago uh i fished against a guy um, that roof topped a titan that was only the 10.5 but <laughs> I, I was like you're crazy man but i had the I, I, wild I,
3: rigs out there
0: <laughs> I, I helped him put it up on there but like he was showing me all the dings where it he had uh, dinged <laughs> up his car, and, like, his mirror was hanging off where it had slid off one time. And, oh, gosh. Uh, he he actually, I you know, we we're you know we, uh, added each other on Facebook and stuff, and he actually just sold it, and he bought him another kayak. But, uh, man, I, I, I was sitting there thinking, like, man, what if it was one like the Titan 12 or the 13.5 trying to do that?
3: People, people but, get creative, that's for sure. I mean, I've seen people with bicycles pulling kayaks. It's like, man, nothing but respect.
2: <laughs> <laughs> Whatever gets you out there, I guess, man. Yeah, that's right. Man.
0: But uh, I, I really feel you with uh, what you were saying about, like, you know, you you knew what you wanted out of a kayak after having the other kayaks. And I, I felt the same way. You know, I started out in a little 10-foot pelican that I gave my buddy, like, 200 bucks for. And – You know it got me on the water but like i said i'm a bigger dude well i i didn't weigh as much back then i was like 30 40 pounds lighter at the time but uh it's still a bigger dude in a little 10 foot kayak and but but like it gave me an idea of what i wanted i moved up to a vibe seaghost 130 i got you know yeah i had more what i wanted and then you know I learned from there what I wanted even more. And now I'm in the bite FD
2: and uh, yeah, it's awesome. They always say, uh, you know, buy your second kayak first, but um, 90% <laughs> of the people I talk to don't do that, um, including myself included. So um, again, I don't think you know necessarily what you want until you get out there and try it. So um, kudos to you if you can do that, but
0: you to go off that. I don't, really believe that you know i i've heard a lot of people say that like buy your second kayak first but i'm not a big sport if i okay i i spent a 200 i bought a 200 hundred dollar kayak and that helped me to learn what i wanted in a kayak mm-hmm. and then i was able to get what i wanted and then i turned around and sold it for like 150 so i only lost 50 dollars in it i fished in it for a year so I definitely got my monies, my fifty dollars worth out of it. Oh yeah. So, you know, that's not that big of a loss to me to be able to figure out what you want. Cause you could for your first kayak, you can think that you want this, but be completely wrong. So if you go spend a thousand, fifteen hundred, or more on a kayak for your first kayak and end up being wrong on what you actually want or need, then. That's, that's probably going to be a little bit harder for pill to swallow.
3: Well, and I think the other thing is too, it's like, I've been trying to encourage more and more people whenever I get a lot of questions when like, you know, I've got a lot of kayak fishing related videos out there and we get a lot of questions about this exact thing. Like what kayak good for me. I always ask a few things. I'm like, well rate the following. I say stability, speed, comfort, um, transportability, um, storage. I, I just basically, and then price range, give me your price range. And then, once they rate all those things, give me a price range, then I kind of narrow down because there's a million kayaks now. But the other thing is, is like I always encourage people to buy used to start because exactly mm-hmm. what you said, Ryan, man, I've never really lost money on a kayak. I mean, you buy it, if you get a deal on it used, you're probably going to be able to sell it exactly for what you paid for it. A couple years down the road it's a piece yeah. of plastic like especially right now oh yeah right now you but... can
0: get more than you paid for it new <laughs> it's great cr- yeah I don't know, I'm regulating a little bit i haven't really paid attention to it much lately but it was crazy there for yeah. a while
3: i think in a couple of years though this is going to be prime it's going to be prime for people that want to get into kayak fishing because all these people I'm, i mean we've all seen people like this like they go out and buy a toy but then it sits in their garage for a year oh, and a yeah. half and this, they're going to be, it's going to be flooded with used kayaks. I kind of wish that I needed a used kayak because a year and a half from now, man, it's going to be deals everywhere.
0: <laughs> yeah. That, that the same thing I've uh, said next year, I feel like there's either going to, well, there's going to be both. There's going to be a ton of people selling kayaks that they only used a couple times. And then there's going to be, a lot of people that got into a cheaper kayak just because they wanted something to do and found out they really enjoyed it, really liked it. So they're going to be trying to move up and get a better kayak. So I feel like next year is going to be another good year for sales on those people trying to upgrade to another kayak. Yeah, totally agree.
2: All right. Well, um, let's ask another question. Um, What got you into YouTube? Uh, what, what prompted that?
3: Again, I will try not to be too crazy long here, but I actually do have a pretty interesting story. And I think it's something that like, I think I like to tell this story because I think there's a lot of people that go through similar things. So I actually picked up a camera for the first time in like high school. And I did it because like I was telling you, you know, I was kind of trying to learn aggressively. And high school, you know, this was 11 years ago, 10 years ago, YouTube wasn't a big deal. You know, it was a couple, maybe like a couple hundred people making fishing videos. And uh, I started making them because I just saw these other people making them. I thought it looked super fun. And I'm, I like to consider myself a relatively creative guy. Well, I guess my story here is I got to the point, you know, kind of entering college and I was like at that point in my life where it's like self-conscious about these things and worried about what other people thought of me. So like kind of did away with it, deleted a bunch of videos, just kind of ignored it. And, And I think my, my, point there is it's like man i just encourage everyone to truly be themselves not worry about what other people think it's so much easier said than done but you know it's like hindsight man i, I kind of if i would have stuck with it you know like we might be a little further along here with with regards to growth but that's yeah. okay um but anyways i picked up the camera again you know many years later i uh, i had just moved to arkansas from with my job and that was i guess this would have been five years ago or so and i uh I guess i just kind of felt like there was something missing and i started fishing and i'm like man i kind of want to get creative again and start making videos and i just fell in love again and man i have not looked back i make way too many videos i don't know how i have the time for it but i, I make the time for it
2: <laughs> well and you, you talk about being yourself and i think that's one thing that definitely shines through in your videos you are uh <laughs> about as authentic as it gets i think and um from You're not bashful about the type of fish or size of fish that you catch. It's not like, hey, man, I'm catching all these lunkers over here. You're happy, just as happy with a bluegill as you are with, you know, a a 10-pounder.
4: You know, not that that's happened, but. Eating better is easy with Factors' delicious, ready-to-eat meals. Every fresh, never-frozen meal is chef-crafted, dietitian approved and ready to go in just two minutes, including calorie-smart, protein-plus, which is the one I like, and keto. Get started today and get after your goals. Discover a wide variety of easy options for the entire day like breakfast, midday bites, and more. No prep, no mess meals. Factor meals are ready to heat and eat so there's no prepping, cooking, or cleanup needed. Sign up and save. We've done the math, Factor is less expensive than takeout and every meal is dietitian approved to be nutritious and delicious. Head to factormeals.com/waypointpod50 and use the code Waypoint Pod fifty to get fifty percent off. That's Waypoint Pod fifty at factormeals.com slash Waypoint Pod fifty to get fifty percent off. Um, and there has not been any ten pounders. <laughs> no. I don't
3: know that there ever will be, but I'll, maybe a carp. <laughs> well, hey, a, man can can dream. a carp or something.
2: <laughs> right, right. But uh, that—that's one of the things that really drew me and kept me uh, watching you, um, as well as also you show the the ups and downs when you know the snags and the where i remember one where you snagged across a creek and had to walk like a mile to get to the other side to unhook oh, yeah. it and, and <laughs> that kind of thing so um that's again another thing that i think draws people is when you are authentic like that and and um you show the good and bad and that that's one of the things that kept me coming back um
3: well i appreciate it And you're going to make me tear up a little bit here. I I never hear from anybody actually. It's like, you know, I I can see a comment and that's okay. But when I hear it, it's like, whoa, that's kind of, it kind of hits a little different. So no, I appreciate that. (laughs) I I do try to be real because I do think that that's a problem with social media in general. Um, And I could get off on a tangent here, but like, I think that there's a lot of things going on in our world that are kind of scary right now with, and I think they're driven by social media. And so for me, I pride myself on being myself and I pride myself on trying to bring like, goofy optimism but at the same time show when i'm not having a great time um because i think i think people need to see it (laughs) so
2: but i think you 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 tend to also just enjoy yourself just being out there too and i I think that's a (laughs) big thing people get so wrapped up and and upset if they have a bad day and i'm like hey bottom line you're out there in mother nature you know enjoying the surroundings you know just enjoy looking at me right now (laughs) <laughs> hey i get i find myself doing the same thing if i if i'm having a rough day but it's something i i, I consciously try to think of when i'm having those bad days if i notice myself uh i'll, I'll snag up or i'll get a, a a knot in my line or you know i'll try and set the hook and fling the lure back at me and it'll pop <laughs> around the rods behind me and um, i'll be really upset and just frustrated and then i gotta be like hey calm down man you're out here doing something you love just chill out. And, you know, it's definitely a good mind check to to go back to. So
3: I think we all deal with it, though. You know, it's like, I, I'm, I'm not always positive about that. stuff. So I get frustrated out there just the same as anybody. But yeah, it's, it's definitely gotten better over the years. I think it's like, you know, when you enter the workforce, and you kind of start like having that nine to five or whatever, and you kind of, you know, back in college, I was like, you know, it was like, I go to class a little bit, kind of (laughs) drink with my buddies on the weekend and I have a part-time job. And, you know, when you're fishing, it's like easy to be frustrated because you don't appreciate the fact that you're fishing. (laughs) I had way too much time to fish. Now it's like, man, I barely can fish, so I better enjoy it. And if I go out there and catch a couple, three, a five inch bluegill, I don't even care, man. That's a whole lot better than sitting and staring at a screen all day.
2: absolutely 100 i agree 100 percent. and uh i i think that's a super important message to get out there uh um just to those guys you know there is a time and a place for the super ultra competitive tournament things you know and if that's your thing yeah awesome do it um but just know that there's other types of fishing out there so don't get tied up into one and just do what makes you happy that's right yeah i agree All right. So um, another thing that drew me uh, to you was uh, when I first started watching, you were doing um, five minute uh, kind of episodes that were very instructive. And um, uh, one in particular, you did actually a bunch on the Ned rig. So um, uh, what kind of drew you to doing the instructional videos? Just you felt like you had a lot of knowledge and wanted to share it or that kind of thing?
3: Well, I definitely am no expert. um, And I will try to always make that very clear it's like i've been fishing like i said since i was about 16 or 15 or so and like i said i'm 27 now so that makes about 11 years based on my math skills um so i I can't say that i'm an expert i mean i'm still learning every single day but i have learned a lot over the years and i've fished with a lot of people and i've fished in a lot of places i mean for my job i've been fortunate to move to california and arkansas and now michigan and um you know through college like i said i traveled around a good bit and so I feel like I've been in a lot of situations, fishing wise, and it's taught me a lot. So, you know, with YouTube, it's like, my goal is really to inspire people to get outside and, and you know, enjoy the beautiful outdoors. But in addition to that, I want people to have a good time when they're out there. And uh, I think the best way to help ensure they're having a good time when they're out there is telling them the information that I know, because <laughs> I don't care to share. I mean, half the people probably aren't fishing the same waters as me anyway. So it's not like it's a, a competitive advantage, but even if it was, it doesn't matter, just sharpens my uh my skill set i suppose
2: i think uh ryan and i both are of the same belief there too we're happy to share uh because if it helps grow our sport and helps people get hooked on fishing you know the best way to hook people is to have them hook fish so yeah. um it's what live... this show's all about exactly so um, right. i think uh you know we definitely both uh, are of that same mindset as well so we're glad to help anybody we can so that being said, what can you tell us about the Ned Rig? What am I doing wrong? Why? I I feel like that's one thing, one, one bait that I hear constantly. People are, oh, this is great, you know, but I don't know what it is. Um and about why it. I'm,
0: and why am I catching big drum off of it and not big bass? <laughs> oh man, that's awesome. I'm so happy that
3: you're catching big drum. I've had those days. I back in Kansas, man, there's a lake called uh Lake Perry. And I threw the Ned rig all day and I caught bass, but for every bass I caught, there's probably five to 10 drum in between. And it was it was fun. But at that point I was tournament fishing. So it's like, come on, get off real quick or you <laughs> know, fight it back as quick as you can or break off or whatever you got to do. But no. Okay. So the Ned rig, I, I guess I'll touch a little bit about my history with the Ned rig so people can understand why I feel like I've got a little bit to offer. And then after that, I'll kind of talk about some of my I guess, my basic tips and whatnot. And then, Obviously, if anybody wants to kind of see all the in-depth, they can check out my YouTube channel. I've got just way too many videos about the Ned rig, but it's just because I love the thing. So I got started with the Ned rig um, back in Kansas because that's really where the Nedrig rig was born. So, uh, oh, man, that's a tank drum. Jeez, that's huge, dude. How many took, inches is that?
0: Uh, 23 and a quarter. How long hey. did that take you to fight? uh it was a few minutes he uh he picked it up on the edge of the river up against a rock wall Oh gosh! and he uh turned my kayak towards the middle of the river and pulled me out to the middle of the river that's a
3: blast though <laughs> yeah,
0: yeah it, it was fun I, I thought i had a uh a really nice smallie at first but it was nope.
3: him. <laughs> uh, yeah, no, I caught a big one the other day. I never thought it was a bass, though, just based on – I set the hook. I'm like, I must have snagged a carp, and then it was a huge drum, but
1: no.
0: Well, I've never caught one before, so, you know, it was all new to me.
3: They're an interesting fish, very underrated. But, okay, so Ned Katie is who the Ned Rig is named after. A lot of people don't know that, and I think more and more people are starting to understand that because – you know, Z-Man, quite frankly, has done a good job of educating people um, because they, I think they've learned humility from Ned. Ned is the most humble guy you'll ever meet, and that's why you might not have heard of him because he just does not like to take credit for things. He doesn't honestly like – he never calls the Ned rig the Ned rig. He calls it the Midwest <laughs> finesse rig. So back in the day, Midwest finesse fishing, I was on an email chain along with probably another hundred or couple hundred people, mostly in Kansas – um, and it was by Ned Katie. He's a in fisherman contributor, a writer, and, um, he's been preaching this way of fishing for many, many years. And, you know, he's not going to take credit for it because really it's people like Guido Hibden and, and some of those old school dudes that like helped develop like the beetle. So like the beetle spin, except you take off the spinner, it's just a little, you know, looks about like a net rig, right. And just lots of different jig fishing. And so over time, Ned has really turned it into this whole thing of, Ned rig, right? Like a basically like the finesse TRD is really what Z-Man has came out with to kind of perfect the thing, and then obviously we've got a lot of other companies playing on the Ned rig profile. You know, there's lots of different profiles you can use, but essentially, what a Ned rig is, in based on its true form, from what Ned katie has been preaching, is a jig head probably no more than about three thirty seconds or an eighth of an ounce, but usually about ninety nine percent of the time, it's like one sixteenth. Um, and then a bait really no more than about three inches. And so that two and a half to three inch range is really what I would consider a net rig. So it's been changed up so much. And I feel like the bass fishing industry has taken it and completely transformed it. And in some cases that's good. In some cases, I feel like people are leaving a lot of fish on the table. So that's kind of my history with it. I kind of learned from him via email communication, that thing, that sort of thing. And then I actually got the opportunity to fish with him a couple of years after, kind of first interacting with him and man i learned a lot in that day it's just this guy works like a old 1960s shakespeare rod and reel like probably a ten dollar rod and reel back then and the thing's been cranking on fish for the last 50 (laughs) years and uh he's just the most frugal dude and he's just crushing fish with his simple little setup and uh, i learned a lot from him and so over time it's like i have just really feel like i've kind of not perfected it because i'm always learning something new but definitely mastered it in my opinion um and it's just i guess it's just a simple way of fishing um as far as tips go it's like i think one of the biggest things is like don't be such a bass fisherman right um and what i mean by that is don't immediately think that you need to use a quarter ounce head with a heavy gauge hook and a medium heavy rod there's so many people i see that do that and uh it's kind of just like, man, you could be catching so many more fish. You might catch a couple, but dude, you could be catching probably 10 times what you're catching. The other thing I'd say is, you know, don't be afraid to let the bait do the work. <laughs> and I say that, and I know a lot of people feel like they're good at dead sticking and they feel like they're they've got that patience. But when you're sitting there shaking it like a daggum, you know, half ounce shaky head or whatever you're, you know, used to using. You're not, you're going to be moving it way too much. It's not going to look natural down there. The, the beauty of something when it's on a, you know, a one 16th ounce head like this is when you dead stick it, there's a little bit of current. There's a little bit of wind. This bait is doing stuff down there completely on its own. So when you shake that rod, it's probably like moving like this and I, I, it doesn't look real. <laughs> um,
0: so are you so talking say, like a slack line or are you talking uh, yeah, about like a semi slack
3: line? You want just like a light bow in your line. and just let it sit and then maybe just like the faintest of shakes just shake your line don't try to shake the jig head shake the line and it'll impart just a very subtle motion and then just I mean I fish it a thousand different ways but that's like my most simple tips I would say is just really like big time patience and don't overdo it bass fishing wise don't use too big of gear so that's probably oversimplifying it but like I said, I've got a ton of detail. Um, it's just hard to cover down on all that detail in one little section right here. <laughs> so, right, right. Yeah. Uh,
2: so, just... go ahead, Ryan. Sorry.
0: Uh, I was just gonna say, you know, you, you're saying don't use too heavy a gear. What is your preference?
3: Yeah. Um, it's funny. I've actually had. So I bought a, a G Loomis G L two Mag Light Drop Shot Rod like my freshman year of college and I still have it. I mean, it's, it's been with me for a long, long time and I like that one. So it's about a six foot 10. Um, like I said, it's, they consider it a mag light. So probably similar to a medium light. And then I think one of the biggest keys though is actually your line. Um, I'm, I'm sure most of you probably heard it. Um, but a 10 pound braid, 10 pound braid. I just don't think you can get better than that. Um, with anywhere from a six to an eight pound fluorocarbon leader, I will say, like I said, it's like, you know, Ned Katie's working these five and a half, six, six and a half, whatever. I don't even remember how long they are. They're really small, five and a half, six foot rods that are super old. And they're definitely a much lighter action. Um, and a lot of times actually before, you know, the bass fishing industry picked up on this thing, the jig heads were much, much lighter as far as, um, the, sh- the hook. So they have a really thin gauge wire, um, hook rather than, you know, you look at something like a, a Z man hook and it's actually, you know, Oh, you might think that looks small when you're used to seeing four and five um, hooks. But the problem is you see how thick of a gauge that is. And I'm not trying to rag on them. They're just catering to bass fishermen. Right. But that is a very thick gauge hook. And, um, you know, when you're using something more like this, it's a much thinner gauge hook. And so you use that really, really light line and you don't end up, you either, you know, I mean, you're hooking them a little bit better um, without like a crazy hook set. You just kind of lean into them and it just, it just goes. Um, so I think it's it's like little things like that, I guess. Um, but the bass fishing industry has definitely taken it and changed it. I, I see more net rig heads these days that are like three eighths of an ounce. And I'm like, I don't see, it. that's not a Ned rig. <laughs> So, anyway. So,
0: so what's your preferred net head? Well,
3: I'm kind of biased because I actually like launched a company last November, so I'm not gonna like try to plug it super hard because I know you have sponsors and whatnot. But yeah. I, I created the uh, mule fishing, which is basically it's like an ultra light slash finesse jig head. So I've got stuff for bluegill, and I've got stuff up to the one sixteenth and three thirty second, and really. What I did there is try to bring something back to the market that was very similar to a lot of the jig heads that were used, you know, eight, nine years ago Um, because one of the main companies and actually Z-Man has started to do some similar things as well. uh, But one of the main companies went out of business and that's where a lot of these jigs were provided to these Kansas anglers many years ago. And, you know, these have like number six, number four hooks as compared to one and one um, and which is a, A huge difference. Um, So, yeah, I use a one sixteenth about ninety nine percent of the time, and that's got a number four light wire hook.
0: Uh, Do okay. Have you tried like lead versus tungsten? See if the sensitivity is different on that. I don't
3: necessarily think that you're going to see a huge difference. I actually have never used a tungsten like Ned head, but. That's just mostly because I, I think it's very hard for um jig companies to manufacture um, lead in that small of size or sorry, tungsten in that small of sizes. I know there's some out there, but I think they tend to be a little bit heavier. So it hasn't been super interesting to me because like I said, I'm very much an advocate for like one sixteenth, one thirty-second, three thirty-second. Um I would have to believe there's probably a slight um sensitivity difference, but the reality is, I guess one more tip here is you know, I, there are very few times, like a lot of times when I'm fishing the net rig, I don't feel the net rig, if that makes sense. I don't feel my bait. I watch my line and I know it's there. And like I said, I kind of operate on that semi slack line approach and it's not about feeling things. That's what every bass fisherman wants to feel things. And I mean, I'm, I'm with you like, because when I first got into it, I was confused. Like, you know, you, I'm used to my 5, ounce finesse jig dragging along a rock. And I like being able to feel that rock. With an Edrig, you have to start to become more content or comfortable not feeling your bait. Um, The
0: 1911 is one of the most iconic firearms in history. Designed by John Browning, the 1911 was the standard issue sidearm of the U.S. military from 1911 to 1985. While Colt produced the original, almost every major firearm company has produced its own version. It's wildly revered for its reliability, crisp trigger, and is still a favorite for all types of shooters. Whether you're looking to buy or build a 1911 and just about everything for guns, log on to midwayusa.com. And that's just because a lot of times it's fluttering
3: to the bottom. Maybe it's, you know, in current or maybe it's under a dock and you're in 20 foot. The 116th is going to take an hour to get to the bottom. So, you know, you're not going to be feeling anything regardless. So whether you're using tungsten or lead, it doesn't necessarily matter, um,
2: in my opinion. I'm happy to hear you say that because that was one of the first things that I noticed with the nethead. I, I, my big confidence bait is a wacky rig worm. And so I can feel that when I shake or, you know, and that was one of the things with the nethead uh, net rig when I first started throwing it is um, I'm like, I cannot get feel this. I don't know where, what it's doing down there. And to hear you say that you don't necessarily need to feel it. Um, definitely. That's one thing I hadn't heard. And yeah. that makes a lot of sense.
3: The, I yeah, there's more bites than uh, more bites than not, I would say it's on the fall, you know, like a wacky rig, right? But the difference, like you said, is you know, a wacky rig is so bulky and dense that you pull up on it, it kicks and so you can feel the resistance. And that rig is a very streamlined bait. So you pull up on it and it just comes up. You don't feel nothing. So so yeah, no, it's it's definitely a different deal, but I think maybe something that could help you gain a little bit of confidence would be like using a three inch swim bait with a little bit of a paddle tail just to get you a little bit more of that feeling, get you used to like the profile, get you confident in the size. And then you take off that paddle tail and start to be like, okay, that I don't feel it as much, but I know it's going to catch fish. And once you have that confidence, I'm telling you, you'll be a lot more content like waiting and being patient it's, it's easy to be patient when you're confident in something, whereas it's a lot harder to be patient when you have no confidence.
2: Right.
0: Well, well, the reason that I asked the uh, tungsten versus lead question is because uh, yeah, if you haven't seen on my social media, I uh, just announced that I, fi- I got my first pro staff. I just got on with uh, Wicked Weights. They do tungsten they got the tungsten net heads what? I haven't I haven't actually tried the tungsten net heads by them yet or any tungsten net heads for that matter but uh yeah I got some coming let me give it a shot see they make 115th one tenth, one sixth and one 5th, so
3: that's probably awfully good then I mean I think if they can make a 115th tungsten I think that's a good deal so that's cool makes yeah. you'll have to let me know how those work once you you know get on them so, yeah, off to check
2: a yeah, cool. as well. Now, Ryan, you made me feel bad because I think I'm the only host now that doesn't have any sponsors. <laughs> <laughs>
0: <laughs> we'll get you there, man. We'll get you there. Yeah, I know. I'm, I'm. I, my, I, I just kind of went out on a limb. I really didn't think that they would pick me up, but you know, I was like, like you know, they got a little application on the uh, website, and I filled it out, and you know, they contacted me and i was was really surprised but hey they picked me up so you know i'm gonna do the best job i can to
2: help promote them right on congrats man yeah that's awesome appreciate it uh all right um one of the other things i wanted to talk to you ethan about was uh the bfs Um, yeah maybe explain to our viewers who aren't familiar with that what it is and um, how you like to use it and what makes it special to you
3: sure so first off i'm going to clarify that BFS i'm extremely new to and i am by no means like <laughs> as educated as 99% of the people on the internet that you know use it because these people are very technical anglers like they are big on like tinkering with gear i'm not into that like i like just picking something up and fishing so like i don't tinker um either way bfs stands for bait finesse system or bait finesse style essentially it's just a finesse bait caster I don't necessarily know if I would envision it ever becoming like a big time mainstream thing for like competitive bass anglers. It's more of an approach that I guess I would consider it like similar to like a fly fishing. It's like a super interesting, unique way of targeting fish with light gear, but being able to use a baitcaster. And so I guess where it's kind of become popular for people that are bass fishermen would be something like a net rig. Um you can cast, you know, like a 130 second ounce jig on a casting or reel, which is sounds crazy, right? But there's just these reels essentially that have extremely light components. So the spool is crazy light and all the bearings are crazy light. And a lot of this stuff is manufactured in, you know, over in Asia, and it's really where it's popular. But either way, it's picked up in America. And yeah, it's uh yeah, I mean, it's basically take an ultralight spinning reel and then just swap it out with a bait casting reel, and uh, that's
0: what it is.
2: I, I've wow. seen, I've watched your videos, and I, you know, it, it intrigued me. Um, I'm still learning bait casting. I you know, grew up uh, spin, with a spinning rod, so I've only been using bait casters for like two years. Um, and uh, I guess my style of fishing isn't a, uh, mine is more of a finesse kind of, you know, not the power game where... The big bait casters really come in to play. So um, I was definitely curious to try that out and just see uh, what it was like, so.
3: Well, where I see it being like a big deal and actually like being super helpful for anglers is like tight quarter situations where you got to keep the bait low and try to land it softly or land it specifically next to a stump or whatever. Um, So I would say like, like creek fishing, stream fishing, those are where I would think it's going to be the most helpful from a technical standpoint. But other than that, like if you're on a lake in a kayak and you're fishing a net rig, I'd 100% rather have a spinning reel if I'm like looking for a bass and trusting my gear. Because I just think that the, the drag system on a, a spinning reel is its just you can't beat it. So,
0: I, I can see that. But I am kind of intrigued by this because I'm, I'm the opposite of Sean. I yeah. am a bait caster guy. I, I love bait casters. I can I'm so much more accurate with a bait caster with a spinning rod. You know, I've said it before, like uh, if I'm aiming for a spot, you know <laughs> I might be able to get within a ten foot radius of that spot. like it's, it, you it, it's bad. Spirit,
3: honestly, I would look at like a Shimano Aldebaran, um which is like like I guess that's the cream of the crop, really. I have one of their lower priced ones. There's several different models, but. You can spend a lot of money on them, but mine is a lower priced of the subset of reels. Either way, it's great for like finesse bass fishing. Um, man, I, I throw my, my net rigs on there and, you know, you could do like finesse swim baits and just like little things that are, I would say like less than a quarter ounce that you would have never had as, com- as much comfort throwing with your other casting rods, pick you up one of those. I bet UFS XG is the one I have. And that is like, I think that's the lowest price Aldebaran. I think you're going to be somewhere around like 150. So not super bad, but I mean, it's used, right? So like, that's pretty expensive for a used reel. When you're talking like top line Aldebarans, you're talking like 400 bucks, which is like like, out of my league. (laughs) Yeah. I could be wrong on those numbers.
0: Yeah, I, I would have to like sell all my rod and reels just about that.
3: <laughs> yeah, I've been like overhauling all my gear lately, just because I, I don't know. I'm tired of having so much. I'm trying to like upgrade slowly, like get a little bit yeah. better gear.
2: But yeah, same here. So, if you had uh, to pick one rod and reel to go out with, um, what, what would what would your go to rod be?
3: Um, are we talking bass fishing?
2: Yeah, probably. Yeah, because I know. Yeah, you do a ton of different kinds. That's <laughs> one thing I'm not used to. Um, I I do a little trout fishing, but that's about as varied as I get. And well, occasionally, gonna, go ahead. Yeah,
3: if you were going to tell me just like going fishing, fishing, and you just I have to catch a fish or else somebody's gonna you know hurt me or whatever. You know, like I'd be an ultralight guy. But but if I'm just going bass fishing and I only get one rod, um, and it's for fun. I probably would take like a, just a seven foot medium heavy casting rod. But if it's for catching as many fish as I possibly can, I'd get my net rig rod, 610 medium light or whatever, and uh, go crank on them.
2: All right. Well, that's, uh, if I had to pick, mine would be similar to that. Um, I know Ryan would probably opt for a bait caster, but mine would definitely be a spinning rod. <laughs>
0: Now, if I had to pick up one rod to go out and fish with, it'd probably be like a seven-footish, medium-heavy, uh, fast action with probably about 15-pound fluoro. There you go.
4: That, and, that uh, does yeah, it
0: I, that, Yeah, that right there, I, I can make that work for... Just about anything that I like to throw. You know, my Wicked Weights, Wicked Willow with a Tech on it, my uh, a jig, you know, uh, spinnerbait,
3: chatterbait,
0: Texas rig. You know, you can make that work for a lot of different stuff.
3: That's right. Every bass one- fisherman needs a seven foot medium heavy casting rod. If you don't have one of those, then what are you
2: doing? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I have one. I wouldn't say I'm super proficient with Come it. Come on
3: now, but... Sean. We'll go fishing <laughs> and we will both work on our power fishing skills because we both probably <laughs> <would> need it.
0: <laughs> See, I, I, I need the finesse side. Uh, right.
3: I'm... We'll, uh, we'll, and then we'll go with Ryan and we'll all bring spinning gear. Yeah. <laughs>
0: uh, that's probably what I have to do is just force myself to only go out with a couple spinning rods For and sure. leave the baitcasters at home.
2: Well, I need to do that with bait casters too, because I will throw a baitcaster for fifteen minutes and if I don't get anything, I'm like, ah heck with this, I'm going back to the spinning room. Sounds All to right. me
3: like a good challenge. Next time Ryan goes out, you gotta only bring spinning gear. Next time you go out, Sean, you gotta only bring casting gear. Boom. Well,
0: Settled. <laughs> I, I was about to say, Sean, you know, he's trying to get everything worked out to come down to the Dale Hollow meetup. If if he's able to come, we just, we could take a day and you have, have our own little challenge against each other. <laughs> see, see who can do the
2: best against each other using the combos other. that we hate. <laughs> All right, I like I said. I think that's going to work out. I think uh, I'm pretty close to being able to make that. So maybe not the whole weekend, but uh, at least part of it. So that sounds yeah. like that might be a fun challenge. All right,
0: and, I'm excited. And, <laughs> just, just real quick, another real quick plug for anybody that hadn't heard about it. We are having a meetup on uh, the river that's connected to Del Hollow. We're going to be at uh, Eastport Marina. Um, yeah, it's October the sixteenth through the eighteenth. Um, they're doing a special for listeners. If y'all want to come, fifty dollars a night per person. Uh, I believe they're giving you your own you know private bedroom on luxury houseboats. Uh, it's got six bedrooms per boat so you will be sharing a boat. You'll have to share bathrooms. I think it's got a couple bathrooms on each one but but yeah they 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 look pretty nice from what we've seen on their website. But uh more information hit us up. We also got a flyer on the Paddle and Fin Facebook page. So quick plug there. That sounds awesome, man. I wish I could come but oh, it's going to be fun. This will be
2: my this will be my first chance meeting half the hosts so um, I'm excited.
0: Yeah, you know Sean, you know he was a he was a listener before, you know we brought him on as as my co-host and you know he's been on here now. What's it been like seven
2: months? Something like that. Yeah, something like that. I started. I think in it was February. like February. Yeah. Wait,
3: since the inception yeah. of COVID nineteen.
2: Yeah. Yeah. Good Give timing. you something to do. Right. right. Yeah. <laughs>
0: when, we, when we haven't. You know, we haven't got to actually meet in person or anything. So I'm excited. I hope he gets to come and uh, I, I hope to get to actually meet him in person and fish with him and outfish him. Yeah, they, I was waiting for it. I was like, okay, you've
3: been hanging out for seven months on this thing. Somebody's got a dog on the other one. All right, there we go. <laughs>
2: So, uh, Ethan, another thing I'd like to watch uh, is when you're fishing moving current. You seem to have uh, somewhat proficiency at that, um, especially with the net rig. And that's one of the places where I, I th- I've i heard net rig is amazing. Um, but I, again, have struggled because, again, I couldn't feel it. I wasn't sure. And I I snagged a lot. Like, almost yeah. I'd cast it out and then snag. And I'd do that maybe two or three times. Now, I have started almost Texas rigging my Ned rig sometimes in that kind of current to help with that, but I'm not sure if that's the best way or.
3: Yeah. I mean, I, I love fishing current. I, I guess in, in Kansas I didn't get the, the luxury of fishing a lot of like rivers and stuff. So now being in Michigan, you know, there's water everywhere you look and um, fortunately a good part of that is creeks, rivers, streams. And uh, yeah, so I, I definitely, like get out and try to fish current as much as possible. And like you said, it a net rig definitely shines. Um, this is where it's going to be even more important to have patience because you're talking about an extremely light bait and you're talking about moving water and uh, I think boat positioning or just positioning in general. So if you're standing on the bank, whatever is extremely key and casting direction is extremely key um, because if you're you know casting at a complete, you know 90 or whatever 90 45 whatever it is completely across current it's just going to flush and and it's probably never even going to hit the bottom so you're not going to snag if you do that but you're also not going to catch any fish casting straight upstream a lot of times you're going to have that slack line moving right back at your rod and it's going to be kind of uncomfortable and you're not really going to be able to i don't know i guess i don't feel super good about that a lot of times i just like to cast at a very light angle upstream And that way you can kind of see your line moving a little bit. But at the same time, it's coming back naturally. Um, Just like any um, current fishing situations, I guess, like, the big things for me is, like, finding eddies, targeting areas where there's going to be some kind of break line in the water or some kind of rock or tree or something just to break it up to it gives a fish a position that they're not going to be just expending calories at all times, if that makes sense. Um, Because, like, you know, I always try to come up with weird like metaphors and stuff while i'm talking about this and it's like you know if if you lived outside and there was 30 mile an hour winds at all times would you just like stand out in the middle of a field or would you like try to post up behind like a giant rock or something you know you probably don't want to just be standing out in the middle of a field so a fish ain't going to be right in the middle of the river unless there's something that's going to give them a comfortable spot to hold behind not only does that act as protection to where they're not constantly battling current, but it also acts as an opportunity to kind of ambush prey. So, okay, you anticipate those things and you think about how you're going to cast and whatnot. So you want to target those areas, but then um, I guess it's just having the patience to allow your net rig to kind of flow past those a- areas naturally. Uh, I don't know; it's so hard to like explain via just chatting. I feel like I like showing things. I guess that's why I like video, but. But yeah, I mean, I guess it's just all about just making sure that your Ned rig can get to the bottom and keep your line at the right angle, and then um, try to make sure you keep that slack line managed, not too much. You don't want too much slack line, otherwise it'll catch in the water and just pull it right downstream. Mm -hmm. Um, Yeah, I I know I didn't. I kind of feel like I didn't get that answer.
2: No, that that definitely helps a little bit. Um, Go ahead. See, see,
0: I haven't actually tried the Ned rigging current too much. But, like, I was thinking, like, just get a heavy... After years of fine print contracts and getting ripped off by overpriced wireless providers, if we've learned anything, it's that there's always a catch.
2: So when I heard that Mint Mobile wireless plans are $15 a month when you purchase a three-month plan, I thought, what's the catch? But after talking to them, it all made sense. There isn't one. Mint Mobile's secret sauce is that they sell wireless service online.
0: and like to help hold it down. So like, this is good information because I was going to do it all wrong, like I normally do. So, <laughs> I think the
3: thing w- what you would realize pretty quick with a heavier net head is that yes, you will get it down there quicker and you'll get it to the strike zone quicker. The problem is, to Sean's point, a heavier one is just going to end up getting behind a rock so quick that you'll probably end up snagging. So to me, it's like I always try to use the lightest weight I can get away with in current to. You know, if you've got heavy, heavy current, yeah, you're going to end up having to upsize. But if you can try to just like really, really focus on positioning and line control, then you can try to make that light jig head work. And what's going to happen is it's going to kind of naturally crawl along those rocks and not get deep down in them. So, Sean, I don't know what size you've been using. If you've been using like a 116th, then, you know, I don't necessarily know what to tell you because that's tough. But if you've been like using heavier, eight, uh, yeah, yeah. That's, probably your problem
2: okay yeah i'll have and to then, downsize i just was worried about it getting sweeped down too fast but uh yeah
0: that's kind of what i was getting at with that is like it, a, a heavier head, i felt like would hold it in the spot you threw it to better and go straight to the bottom and sit there instead yeah. of being washed down the river in the current well you 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 kind of want the in between you don't necessarily
3: want it to sit there but you don't And, but you, and you do want it to wash down the river. You just don't want to wash down the river too fast. And so obviously like current, it's so hard to talk about because it's like current varies so much. Right. Right. I, I can go to a Creek and current there's current, but it's very slow. You can go to a river and there's current and it's like rushing. And I would never throw a net rig in general there. You know, if there's heavy, heavy, heavy current, I probably won't even throw a net rig just because it's so hard for a fish to find it. (laughs) because the visibility is so low and there's so much washing downstream that it's like, it doesn't throw enough disturbance. I want something that's a little bigger profile in that situation. So I guess it's, it's such a spectrum, I guess.
2: I think there's, I I fish the river by me a lot and there, there's definitely times where it's rushing at times, you know, even where it's hard to maintain position in in my kayak, but right now it's low and slow. So I feel like. I think you can make a net rig work then. Yeah, I, I'm gonna try it. I'm gonna go uh downsize my uh my heads a bit and see if uh that makes a difference. So Yeah.
3: Well uh, hopefully it does. If not, you can call me up and tell me that I'm dumb and that's fine <laughs> too. Uh, like I said, I have- I'm not an expert here. I think I could make it work, but I I'm also not super great at explaining things via podcast, I guess.
2: (laughs) Well, no, I, but, but you nail it on videos for sure. So, uh, (laughs) definitely if our viewers want to check that out, go out go on, uh, check out, uh, Ethan's website or his YouTube channel, online outdoors, man, we'll let him plug anything he wants to plug, but, uh, I will throw that one out there because I have learned a lot from watching, um, them. I was kind of sad when you stopped the, uh, the five minute ones, but, uh, I enjoy your new content too. Uh, uh, just as much if not more sometimes just uh, for the variety that you provide if anything so
3: well I appreciate it Sean yeah no uh the five minute fish talks I've had so many people tell me that they want me to bring them back and as much as like I, I want to do what people you know want me to do I, I at the same time I I don't have as much fun sitting in a room and filming myself versus actually going out and fishing and so it's like if I'm gonna make the most of my time. I'm gonna go fishing. Um, yeah. in addition to that's like I made 78 episodes and I like I've tried to make very clear here, I'm no expert. I don't know if I've got any more information in this <laughs> noggin. <laughs> I gotta go get some samples by fishing, and maybe we'll make some more later on down the road.
2: Well, I think like, I learned just as much from watching you do it too though. Good. <laughs> and that kind
0: of goes back to like be yourself, you know, not what other people want you to be. You know, yes. that's what you know, you're doing what you prefer to do. And I, I, I respect that.
3: Yeah. There's a lot of people chasing views and chasing all sorts of stuff. And I guess, you know, after doing this for a few years, you know, like I'm I'm not a big time YouTuber. Like I, I'm not a big time social media strategist. I don't know what I'm doing necessarily. I just have fun. But I guess my advice just from like an enjoyment standpoint, which is probably we need to value more as social media people <laughs> do what you like do what you like. Don't focus so much on chasing views. And uh, I think you're going to end up being a happier person.
2: <laughs> well, I like, I like the aspect that you took with the shows after you stopped doing that, that you're, you're saying, hey, I only have so much time to go out in the water, but I still take the time to get out and enjoy it. In between, you know, after a tough day at work, I'll hop out for a few hours and, you know, just blow off some steam, that kind of thing, because I think... It, that really gets to the heart of why a lot of people love, uh, the sport of fishing and kayak fishing, because it is a release. Um, it's therapeutic for a lot of people. So, um, I, again, I think that's a, an awesome way to go about showing people a sport. So. I don't know what I'd
3: do without fishing, man. And I suppose y'all are both the same way.
2: <laughs> I've,
0: I've had some days where I was ready to quit it altogether, but, you know, then <laughs> a, Couple hours are usually like you know, <laughs> And then like you caught hours. a
3: drum and you're like, Heck yeah,
0: I'm back. <laughs> oh man. <laughs> well, I caught that drum and then like an hour later I flipped my kayak and oh, God. <laughs> and uh apparently I almost died and didn't even know it. You know, I found that out afterwards because the what I hit was called a strainer. And <laughs> yeah.
2: It could have been bad, but
0: Yeah. Well, he's
3: still here to talk
2: about it. Now you can
3: tell people what not to do.
2: I always yeah. used to say maybe my life is the just uh, on it. The, the purpose of my life is to serve as a warning of others what not to do. <laughs> but, <you know. laughs>
3: that's fair. I might we might all be in that
0: boat. <laughs> did did we talk about your favorite soft plastic to put on a Ned rig? I don't believe we did. No, but that's a great
3: question. Um I've got a few that I really, really like. Um, And I tend to be, you know, more of a Z-Man fan. I like being able to get a lot of bang for your buck. And it's like, I think they do a great job of creating something that's visible. Yeah, exactly. So, (laughs) Finesse TRD, like, I just don't think you can go wrong with it. I think they just, they kind of just nailed the buoyancy. They nailed the, uh, the salt content. They nailed the profile. So, I just really think that is definitely my confidence bait. As far as colors go. I'm a huge fan of like a canada craw i green pumpkin goby kills it um so those are those are probably my two favorite colors i also like stuff like copper truce and some of the That's
0: others my too.
3: yeah copper truce is pretty good stuff especially if you're more in like stained water country and so if you're down in the south you might end up uh having a little bit more of that yep up up here that green pumpkin goby you can't beat it for like smallmouth. uh it's just so good but then other than that i, I would say i really really like A few other baits that they also make and some that they don't uh the the slim swims two and a half inch uh swim bait is dynamite on a ned rig and it's like you think it's a swim bait so you're like you constantly you feel like you need to reel it twitch it all that sort of stuff fish it exactly like a Ned rig fish it slow on the bottom the tail boots it kicks on its own and it's freaking deadly (laughs) um and then I, I kind of like all their baits, I, I would say. But then other than that, just other finesse swim baits. So I have like this Megabus Spark Shad here. Stuff like this. Big fan of this kind of stuff.
0: You put that on the
3: Yeah. Yep. Like I said, it doesn't take a whole lot to make these tails activate. You know, it's it's a swim bait. I think people need to rethink swim baits. Like, just because it says swim bait doesn't mean you got to swim it at all times. Like, a little bit of current will make that thing move on the bottom.
0: Okay. Yeah, I, I was just curious what your take was because I heard that, like the traditional little Ned rig, like the, like the TRD the Z Man, yeah. So half of a Zinker
3: Z is the OG.
0: I I believe it was actually oh I'm ha- having a brain fart. What what's that Z Man right, guy yeah. that they had on? Uh, no, the the guy from Z Man that they had on, that Brad had on. Oh,
2: uh, I forget what his name is. Uh, I know who you're talking about though. Uh, yeah,
0: I, I I'm having a brain fart. Can't think of his. Do what? Oh, I, I know a few names,
3: but Glenn Young, Daniel. I Glenn
0: Young. Glenn Young. I think yeah. I'm pretty sure that's who it was. Um, but yeah, I believe it was him that was talking about the uh, how that's supposed to resemble a like a crawfish that's had its pinchers ripped off. Yeah. yeah
3: that's yeah a lot of people say that
0: and so i was curious what your take was on it and what you're actually trying to resemble like what you're trying to mimic with that and then if you use like the actual you know z-man's got the actual crawl uh trailer to go on there and then you see other ones like i've got some from uh another company that's like a helgramite and stuff like that
3: i think that if you are in the two and a half to three and a half inch range and it's not like an overly move, like a bait with too much action, I think you're going to be fine. So like, I think they're all going to catch fish realistically, but I would say to answer your first question, the finesse tiered, you actually made a video on this? What does a net rig resemble or whatever, something like that. And to me, you have to think about it more of a silhouette. Um, And it's not necessarily about, does this look like a particular bait fish? It looks like everything that a bass eats, right? Like how much of a bass's diet is three inches long and looks like this? If you were to look at this from two feet below underwater and you see this above you, it could look like a minnow. It could look like a bluegill. It could look like a yellow perch. It could look like, and then once it's on the bottom, it could look like a crayfish. It could look like some kind of insect larva. Um, The thing is, is like we give bass a lot of credit And what's funny is, you know, I take this finesse TRD and then you've got that TRD craws, like you had mentioned, which looks identical to a crayfish, right? I have, I haven't caught very many fish on that bait. Now I'm not saying it doesn't work. I'm saying that if I put this next to that and I fish both all day, this will probably outperform it, you know, (laughs) 10 times. (laughs) In my opinion, I think it generally will. So I don't think it's always about being perfect looking to the human eye. I think it's about matching up with a silhouette and matching up to the profile to a bass's eye.
2: Awesome. Well, I know, uh, you said you like to get to bed early, so we don't want to keep you up any later. You know, I'm having so much you. fun though, but yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so, we'll, we'll, we'll ask uh, one more question. What, what do you think is the best piece of fishing advice you ever got?
3: Oh, this is so easy. Um, <laughs> I had a job in the high school painting fishing lures for a local fishing guide. I hit him up. I'm like, man, can I, I want to work for you. I'll work for free. And he's like, yeah, well, you don't have to work for free. I will hire you though. <laughs> and I painted fishing lures for him. Well, the first piece of advice he ever told me was keep your bug in the water. And I literally think of that every single time I go fishing, keep your bug in the water. You're not going to catch fish if you don't keep that bait in the water. So I guess what he means is just keep on fishing. <laughs> And uh, I love that; it makes me happy.
0: <laughs> it's definitely good advice because I'm terrible about you know after fishing for a couple hours and ain't got a bite or anything. Like, let me pull up my phone, see if I got any <laughs> notifications on Facebook or see if our paddle and fin group chat said anything. And, and then I'm like, oh, I got to get back to fishing. are taking
3: or I'm selfies. Yeah, they're <laughs> taking selfies. We all know it.
2: Taking the well, sunset yeah. pictures, you know, that's what you do yeah, when you, I, you don't have fish to take pictures of. You know, hey, look at this beautiful sunset, you know?
0: <laughs> yeah, that's about the only pictures I got from the last time I went out fishing was <laughs> the the, mo- the morning fog on the water. Because it was kind of a cool morning. Yeah, We've all, the We all have those
3: day. days. I've got plenty of those. I've got a lot of sunset
0: pictures on my phone.
2: <laughs>
0: <laughs> awesome. Well, hey, man, I appreciate you coming on here and talking with us. It's been a good time. I... I I think this has been a really good episode, really good talk, very inf- inf- informative. Get that word do you have
2: uh, uh what kind of social media or anything you want to shout out? You feel free to shout out sponsors or, you know, plug what you want, man. Cause you're not going to hurt our feelings. <laughs> sure.
3: Well, one, I, I just want to thank you both. Uh, I think you did like, you do a fantastic job with this podcast and I just appreciate it. And uh, just on behalf of all of your listeners, it's like, I think I'll just thank you. I'm sure they all want to say it too. So, I appreciate it. Um, Two, if you do want to find me, uh, it's just online outdoorsman, uh, pretty much on all social media. I'm always answering DMs. I'm always hitting people up and talking, fishing. So you'll always be able to reach me, and uh, that's what I'm here for. I I try to just bring people outside and help them uh, catch a few fish. That's all awesome. I got, man. I don't have to, I'm not going to shout out anything else.
0: It, you don't <laughs> want to plug sponsors or anything? Plug your company?
3: Mm-hmm. You know what? I, I, I'm i not going to try to sell people a bunch. If you really, really like ultralight fishing or finesse fishing, I would certainly appreciate you checking out mulefishing.com. That's M-U-L-E fishing.com. But I'm not going to sit here and sell you on it. I think uh, the product does a good job of selling itself if you happen to like that sort of thing. Um but uh, what I will do is I, I just actually got married a couple weeks ago, so I'm going to give a quick shout-out, despite the fact that she may or may not listen. I'm going to give a shout-out <laughs> to my my new wife, uh, Jocelyn. She is amazing. She makes me so happy, and I'm just so thankful for her.
2: Yeah, congrats awesome. on that, man. Yeah, congratulations. <laughs> Thank you, guys. <laughs> I didn't want to draw you back from your honeymoon too quickly to get man, you on I'm, so, I'm just so happy. <laughs> <laughs> Cool, man. Well, again, um, I can I can definitely recommend mule jigs. Um, I've been using them uh, since I saw you using them, and what I love about them is they catch everything from tiny little stuff. If I'm really struggling, that's what I'll tie on, because I know <laughs> I'll be able to catch something. It might be a bluegill, it might be a creek chub, but it'll be a fish, and um, it gets my confidence going again, so...
3: Creek chub need internet appreciation. Everyone should post a creek chub on their Instagram. <laughs> creek
0: creek chub need love too. I That's agree. Right. <laughs> I agree. See, you you never told me about them, Sean.
2: No, I, my bad. I, I should have. I, I you know. Wow! Wow! It's a, best kept secret. <laughs>
0: yeah, I I didn't know we had secrets here. You know, I thought we helped each other. But, so. <laughs> okay. Okay. Okay.
3: All right, but, guys, thank you so much. Well, it is about my bedtime, so I am going to take you up on that offer.
0: Uh, <laughs> All right, uh, we'll wrap it up here. Uh, appreciate you coming on again. Everybody, thanks for listening. Uh, it's been the Bass Fishing for News, bringing you the techniques, tricks, and tips to help you rip more lips. Later, guys. Later, guys, thank you.